welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today is a very exciting topic, and we have two guests with us. The first is Zahi Kakish, PhD and graduate student at Arizona State University. And the second is Shashi Zhang, Innovation Manager at Intel. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Zahi, why don't we just start with you? Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about how your graduate studies relate to the topic of the day around NASA Frontier Development Lab? Well, currently I'm a graduate student. I'm a PhD candidate with Dr. Spring Berman at Arizona State. And we're part of the mechanical engineering department there. And our specialty is swarm robotics. So essentially using smaller modular robots to actually do tasks reliably for a multitude of different things. These can range from like nanoscale robots to more sized robot that we ourselves create. It's almost like it's a six inch in diameter robot that we can modulate to do collective tasks. It kind of gets a bad rap because every time people think of swarm robotics, they think of killer bees or something like that. But the robots that we use, it's fairly docile. <laughs> and it's still an emerging field. We have our limitations, but we still try to push beyond that to reach really far out goals. In relation to FDL, what I found was pretty interesting was that they wanted something to deal with multi-agent systems. I work with robots here on Earth, but I never really thought about how we would get these things to work on, let's say, Mars or the moon. So that really piqued my interest into the FDL program. Shashi, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about how your role at Intel relates to the NASA Frontier Development Lab program. Yeah, certainly. So I'm Shashi Jan. I'm an innovation manager at Intel. And what that means is I get to put our products into places they were never meant to go and kind of see what happens. It's a lot of fun. I focus on VR, IoT, and machine learning. And how we got related to the NASA Frontier Development Lab is the question came up is, how can we apply AI to space exploration? We have so many years of data out there that were collected by spacecraft and by satellites and by so many missions that NASA has done. Can we learn anything new? So about a year ago, the executive director of the Frontier Development Lab, which itself is a public-private partnership with NASA and commercial companies in AI that's administered by the SETI Institute. So the executive director came to me and said, can Intel be part of that? And if so, what would that look like? So we said yes, and we are partners with them. So we put in some dollars and some resources. You know, we have compute resources for AI and machine learning in the form of Xeon and Movidius parts and then also FPGAs. And we uh, specifically focused on lunar resources and space resources as the in general, but particularly focusing on lunar resources because it's a hard problem. Recovering resources from the moon is important to new space missions, and in order for us to recover those resources, we have to have better planning. So our focus has been on applying AI to planning better missions for lunar resource recovery. So, Zahi, why don't you talk about Arizona State's engagement in this particular lab and how that reflects your broader research associated with your department and your own PhD candidacy? 
In terms of ASU's engagement with FDL, there's no main connection between the two. However, ASU actually has a phenomenal space program. Their CC program actually tries to answer a lot of these questions. And in terms of our research, we actually recently have been asked to start trying to apply what we've been doing with Swarm Robotics instead of here to try it in space settings. So one of the big things that people like want to look through is maybe something like collective construction or topological mapping with multiple agents. Instead of using satellites or stuff like that, you can use smaller agents to map an area or in the case of our project, prospecting. The work we do is unlimited by your imagination, I guess. Uh, it can be applied to many things. The difficulty of them is always the hardest part to get around. Now, Shashi, what is the broader targets in terms of what the challenge wanted to address in research? You know, really what NASA FDL is, is an eight-week research accelerator during the summer. And there's a great call for talent in the beginning of the year. And so we get the best of the best in planetary science and AI applying to this program. And so we bring them together to work on a broader problem space for which there is a need by NASA and the commercial space industry, as well as a good data set. So more broadly speaking, the topic of space resources is important because it costs $29,000 to lift a gallon of water or a gallon of anything actually into orbit. And in order for us to have economical missions to Mars and to the asteroid belts, we're going to have to have a cheaper form of have to have basically a gas station in space. So the thought is, can we recover those resources from an asteroid or from the moon? Moon is the easiest answer. And we found that using the data from past missions, we know that there's water there and you can make fuel from water. So when we brought in Zahi and the people on this team, we posited this to them. How are you going to use autonomous agents or rovers to recover those resources or prospect for those resources? We asked them to find what was the most important challenge to the actual companies and NASA engineers. And that's what they did. They spoke to a lot of people, both at NASA JPL and in the commercial space industry, to understand what was the sequence of tasks that these rovers would have to perform. And then they focused in on solving a hard problem in that space. Nice. What was it like, Zahi, to participate in this challenge? Oh, it definitely was an accelerator, let me tell you that. It was a challenge because, you know, these problems are very difficult to uh, address, you know, in the case of multi-agent systems and autonomous systems, what we take for granted here on Earth makes it much more difficult to think about solutions to these problems. And especially in a shorter amount of time, stuff like that. An autonomous car would work fantastic here, but in the case of the moon, you can't really radiation harden or red harden a lot of the equipment there. You're limited by a lot of what you can do. These kind of little things pop up and it makes coming up with ideas very difficult and solutions more difficult. But thankfully, the people that I had with me in the lab, Anna Mosquera, Drew Bischel, Francisco Lera, they were fantastic partners to work with. We honestly couldn't have done it without those. Two of them are astrophysicists and the other, Francisco Lera, is a roboticist as well. That kind of melding really made this work out. And for the people in all of the FDL program, they were all fantastic, very smart individuals. It was an honor to work with all of them. I just wanted to add one thing. You know, he's being really humble. It was breathtaking watching them work together. They're experts in their field. 
They were asked to, to solve a hard problem in a very limited amount of time. And what they came up with is effectively a planning tool that allows you to take two kind of semi-autonomous rovers that don't have a lot of compute in them and to work together to go and solve a task on the moon. I mean, that tool exists right now. It's crazy. That's amazing. No, I think that that tool is called Marmot, which is awesome. How did the team come up with Marmot? Well, Marmot stands for Multi-Agent Resource Machine Operations Tool. And the reason they came up with Marmot, I think they wanted an animal to uh, mix with it. So it turned out like a Marmot. I didn't even know a Marmot was an animal until I heard about the name. But Marmot came about because we were thinking about the way in which autonomy for rovers is really done. In the case of the Mars rover and a lot of the rovers that we have already out in space, the degree of autonomy is very low on many of these robots. They really cannot operate without any sort of operator feedback. So we tried to come up with a solution where we could effectively generate a mission using different types of configurations. And we tried to make it as general as possible because one thing we noticed from a lot of companies is that they all had different ways that they wanted to tackle these problems. But, you know, when you're sending something that's worth millions of dollars to the moon, you want to be certain that it's going to be working because you don't want it to get up there and it falls in a ditch or the other one doesn't communicate properly with the other one. So there are all these scenarios that we also learned about to try to navigate around that we never really thought about here because we took it for granted here that we would always have reliable communication with our robots. So in creating Marmot, we talked with a scientist named Mark Shirley at the Intelligent Robotics Group at NASA Ames. And he was telling us about an unfortunately canceled project called the Resource Prospector. And it was essentially a robot that would go to the moon, start digging in different areas to try to find water. Because NASA believes that there is water on the moon in these craters at the poles called permanent shadow regions, where the sun never touches, ice is stable at that point. And in the case of sending a prospecting robot, it may seem easy that we just need to send one robot there, but he informed us of the difficulties that the moon can face. Because it has no atmosphere, the temperature variabilities swing back and forth. So the robot needs to be able to handle that. It needs to be able to charge. It can't go for too long because after, I believe, 14 days, the whole region becomes dark. So they wanted to look into planning for multiple agents. So if we could get multiple agents that can help us prospect in these areas, we can actually be able to take information from multiple points to get a more accurate reading of what we want. So when creating Marmot, we used his scenario as a backdrop. So you can change it, interchange it with different scenarios, but we used it where you would need two rovers to communicate with each other with a lander. The lander that they come in also has communication back to Earth so that they all are able to maintain constant communication for operators to completely control the area. But Marmot also creates trajectory proposals where it analyzes all the sites that scientists say, but also gives you a path that you should go to to optimize the science return on what you're doing. So we're hoping that that kind of tool will be able to help not only just public institutions, but private institutions even simulate these kind of scenarios in areas that they might want to go to. And this tool is completely open source, so it's pretty much anyone can use it. That's fantastic. Shashi, I would be remiss if I didn't ask what Intel contributed in terms of technology to the Marmot proposal. 
We basically contributed the compute horsepower and access to our principal engineers. We started with the Intel Developer Cloud for AI, which is essentially a cloud service you know, a sandbox where you can try out all of Intel-optimized AI frameworks, such as TensorFlow and a few others that are on there. One of my colleagues was resident at FDL much of the time. That was Najib Hakim. Amazing. He provided technical help and advice and guidance. We also occasionally dropped in hardware where it was needed. I placed a Xeon server at the SETI Institute to supplement some of the work that the teams were doing. And then we also helped them narrow down the problem scope. So people, advice, and compute. Very cool stuff, guys. Really fun to talk to you today on Chip Chat. For more information, Shashi, where would you send folks? There's a couple of places I would go. You can access the Frontier Development Lab's website at frontierdevelopmentlab.org. And if they'd like to understand a little bit more about how Intel's involved, I would first start at the Intel AI website, which is intel.com slash AI. There'll be a couple of blog posts on there that describe exactly how we've been involved and what we've been doing and an overview of this year's challenges. And Zahi, are there any other information sites that you would like to provide our audience? Frontier Development Lab actually has all the code that all the projects have actually worked on. And it's at gitlab.com slash frontier development lab, one word. If you'd like to know more about our my lab at ASU, it's called the Autonomous Collective Systems Laboratory. So you can just look that up on Google and you can find a lot of the research that we're currently working on in Swarm Robotics. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, guys, for your time today. Zai, I can't wait to learn more about your Swarm Robotics. We'd love to have you on the show again in the future. And Shashi, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 